Hello again, everyone. Welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast. For what the hell day is it? It's the twenty second. It's the first day of fall. Fall twenty twenty two. Got a couple of emails that I apparently said yesterday was the first, or that it was going to be the first day of spring. Uh, no, sadly, unfortunately, is not spring. We are in for a cold winter and then spring. But uh, yeah, I don't look, dude. I don't know. I can't keep track of what day of the week it is or whatever. Most of the time, I sit there because I record this. Obviously, it's this is a Thursday show, but I have to record it on Wednesday. So I'm saying tomorrow and like Thursday, and I sit there and I wake up and I go, "What the hell day is it?" I don't know. It's not because I'm indifferent to the prospect, although I kind of am, but it's because I literally am talking about the next day sometimes. Sometimes I'm talking about two days. Sometimes I'm talking about yesterday. And if I'm on the radio, yesterday is yesterday. But if I'm in the podcast, yesterday is two days ago. And this weekend has already happened sometimes. I just don't know. Anyway, there you go. That's what I'm dealing with. Now, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com where you can then help me. You know, supporting the show helps support my brain and will allow me to figure out what the hell it is, what season it is, what month it is, what year it is. Oh, my God. I'm Maybe I'm getting early onset Alzheimer's. Maybe all of my jokes about Joe Biden are uh, self-fulfilling cruel prophecies slash karma coming back to bite me in the rear end. Whatever it is, please support the program. And if I slip into uh, early onset Alzheimer's, you don't have to support me all that long. But in the meantime, you can win signed books and get extra shows and all that good stuff. So I appreciate the hell out of it. Now, let's just... But before I forget who the hell I am and why I'm here, let's just start the show. We have uh, lots of things going on, a bunch of things to talk about. I want to start off, my God, it is really amazing to me how awful the media is. Now, now I get it. I talk about how awful the media is every day. I write about how awful the media is seemingly every week. I tweet about it seemingly every hour, but even... I can be surprised by just how awful they are. And uh, yesterday there was a story. It was a rumor. It was not true. But there was a plane. The media was tracking. It was like the the OJ chase all over again, except it turns out they'd followed the wrong Ford Bronco. They didn't know where the the real Ford Bronco with OJ and AZ Cowlings were like uh, sitting drinking a beer in a parking lot of a J.C. Penney somewhere, and they're following this old couple everywhere, 10,000 cops, helicopters, people cheering. Like, what the hell is going on? Yesterday afternoon, Ron DeSantis, the evil dictator of the state of Florida, allegedly, the story was the same plane, the very same plane that he used to ship those 50 sweet, sweet, sweet nourishing illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard was seen back in San Antonio, Texas. It was back and not even seen. It was there. It was there. And everybody knows that a plane can only have one use forever and ever and ever. So the media was convinced this plane is going from Texas to the Florida panhandle 
up to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. That was the flight plan that they'd filed. And that meant, my God, he's doing it again. That crazy bastard is sending a plane load of illegal aliens to Rehoboth Beach. Right to Joe Biden's front door or back door or side door or whatever. It's a big house. It's got lots of doors. But he's sending it to them there. And that is an outrage. The authorities were alerted. Even the White House was asked about it. They were prepared. They'd heard the stories. They were tracking the uh, the incident as it developed. The mayor of Rehoboth Beach released a statement saying they were prepared. They were ready. They had all of their social services on standby. They had places to put these sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens. They would make sure that everybody was taken care of. They would have uh, food and shelter, clothing, probably uh, women if they want them, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. They were ready to accommodate them in any way. They're used to dealing with Hunter Biden in Rehoboth Beach. So, I mean, you've got to have everything in hand. An unregistered gun with the uh, serial number filed off. Whatever it is that these illegal aliens want, they were going to get the full Hunter Biden treatment. And they were saying it's going to land around 1.30 Eastern time. Could land around. And then it got delayed. What happened? Where'd it go? What? 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 Well, they looked for it. They found it. They said it was... No, now it looks it appears to have gone to Tennessee, to Nashville. But... Then it will carry on, carry on to Rehoboth, Delaware. And it turns out that there was not a plane load of illegal aliens rushing quickly to the uh, beaches in Delaware. It was all a shit. Now, I don't know to what extent the, uh, the, the, the media was set up. I don't know, like, DeSantis, is, I hope they did. I hope to God. I mean, it would be absolutely hilarious. If DeSantis's people said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fake it. We're going to get these people running all over. We're going to fall all over themselves. They're going to jump all over themselves. Let's do that. Let's absolutely do I would love that. Please do that. Do that more. Send these planes everywhere. But that the media, there was footage of these media goons down on the beach in Rehoboth. And there were probably... 30 to 40 media outlets, reporters standing around, cameras, microphones, live remotes. And it's like, how many of those people have ever been to the southern border? Have any of those people ever been to the southern border? Have you ever seen a gaggle of reporters down at the southern border? Hell, when when Kamala Harris went down to the southern border, she didn't bring an entourage like this. Like this. Well, they're uh, potentially... now. Keep in mind, it took two planes chartered by Florida to bring the illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard, right? So if only one plane, there's roughly half, so you're looking at 50, maybe maybe you could get 30 people on a plane. 30 illegal aliens being sent to Rehoboth Beach, and all things stopped. The city activated emergency plans. How are we going to handle this? What are we to do? Make sure we have beds available. Get food ready. Start cooking the monster trolleys. They're going to be here any moment. Oh, my goodness. Uh, make sure you um, uh, nominate. start filling out the paperwork to nominate us for humanitarian awards as well, please. Because we are making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with the crust cut off for uh, at least... 
three dozen people. Well, maybe almost three dozen. Three do- three bakers dozen, maybe. I don't know. We get lucky. And you're sitting there and you're going, what the hell is going on? The actual problem at the border. Now, the genius of what DeSantis and Greg Abbott have do- are doing is it draws attention to the southern border. But if you notice most of the coverage about the uh, illegal aliens being dropped off in Washington, D.C., in New York, in Chicago, in Martha's Vineyard, and the potential ghost illegal aliens who could be dropped off at uh, Rehoboth Beach, they don't really talk that much about the border. They don't really tell you, hey, 2.2 million illegal aliens have been... uh, caught uh, coming across the border just this fiscal year, which still has a month left in it. And the old record was 1.7 million. And oh, by the way, that was set last year. And that was the record by a lot too. They don't want to do that. Why? Because, well, that would let people know what this administration is up to. That would let people know what this administration is doing. Instead, they're focusing on where they're sending. Oh, oh, they're disrupted. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what they're doing. A group of two. Now, this is what's really pathetic and sad. 50 illegal aliens come flying across the, uh, the United States to get to Martha's Vineyard. And it becomes the biggest story of the month, by far. The biggest story of the month. The president declaring the pandemic over and then everybody on his staff going, whoa, whoa, no, it's not over. I mean, it's not over, over. We don't really mean. That's not as big a story. The senile president saying that we're ready to go to war with China should they invade Taiwan. That's not even the biggest story of the week because it happened during the week when 50 illegal aliens were sent to white, rich, liberal Donorville. This is rename the island. White, rich, liberal Donorville and the Obamas. There you go. There's the new name of Martha's Vineyard. But out of those 50 illegal aliens, they managed to find, what, three? Three? I, no, yeah, three. To sue on behalf. They interviewed all of them. They promised them all the world. And now they found three of them willing to say, and I'm sure they browbeat them into it, to say, no, we were tricked into going to Martha's Vineyard. We really wanted to stay in crappy, cotton-fested, humid, unair-conditioned tents down on the southern border. Take us back. Calgon, put that stink back on my body. The lawsuit is filed by somebody called, or something, an organization called Alizana Alenzia, L-A-I-A-N-Z-A, Americas. They are funded by George Soros. Shock of all shocks, I understand. Uh, that's Well, one-third of its 2020 operating budget came from George Soros. So go ahead and figure that one out. Where do you think these people fall on this? You want to talk about somebody who's anti-American, it doesn't get more anti-American, than Soros. But the lawsuit is the Alianza Americas and Yanit, spelled with a Y, Yanit Doe, Pablo Doe, and Jesus Doe on behalf of themselves and others similarly situated. It's a class action suit. Now, they got three people out of 50 to sign up with them. How they did it, I'm sure they offered them a bunch of money. That means that 47 people said no. That means that 47 people passed, but they're trying to get a class action suit going, saying that they violated our sweet rights, our wonderful rights. How dare you? 
the Florida, the governor of Florida, did it. They all signed waivers. This should be laughed out of court, but it will be. Uh, it was filed up in Massachusetts. There's a fairly good chance some lawyers will play lip service to this and pretend, oh, yeah, no, no, no. We've got to get these sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens to uh, get a whole bunch of money. We must, we must, we must. Now ask yourself this, and uh, the answer you already know is no. Alinza, whatever, Americas, have they ever represented for free? You got to wonder, you got to assume they're doing this pro bono since the illegal aliens have nothing. Uh, Have they ever represented an American citizen who is a victim of illegal alien crime in, say, a potential class action lawsuit against whatever country the illegal alien sprang from, emanated from? For allowing, for Mexico, for allowing them free and safe passage. Did they ever do that? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say no. No, they didn't. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't take the case. They wouldn't even sniff that case with a 10-foot pole. Absolutely, under no circumstances would they do those things. Why? Because they are agenda-driven. Agenda uberalis with the left, spoken in its native German. Because that's way it is that's how it is the closest translation you can get you imagine a class class action lawsuit first of all does 50 people even could 50 people even constitute a class action lawsuit but this is the left have you ever seen any left-wing group work and fight so hard for any american hell any group of americans have you ever seen it have you ever seen the entirety of the left-wing establishment mobilize on behalf of an American citizen? Have you? I haven't. Even even the uh, WNBA player who is still in prison in Russia, I mean, she did the crime, but she got 10 years for, uh, for having THC-filled vape cartridges. And the left feigned outrage. Oh, it's so horrible. And don't worry, Joe Biden's on the case. They have not organized like this. They didn't get that kind of media coverage. She's still there. When's the last time you saw a report on it? What's weird is that woman's wife recently, I can't I can't remember if she had a, a meeting with Joe Biden or just a phone call with Joe Biden. But she told the Today Show, oh, he's on it. He's on the ball. He's all over this thing. He's not going to rest until... I think Joe Biden was at that moment laying on the beach in Rehoboth. But he will not rest, and he's going to totally fight and work to get, uh, I can't even remember her name. That's how little the reporting has been. Uh, Well, that, and she's a WNBA star. But uh, he's not going to rest until she comes home. And you're like, um, you're giving him an awful lot of credit. You're giving him an awful lot of credit for something for which there's very little, if no evidence whatsoever, to support. But I mean, congratulations to you, I guess. And look, if her somebody she loves is stuck in a foreign country and in a prison, I guess people will act in all sorts of weird ways and believe anything they can get their hands on. It's like a desperate person trying to find somebody to help. And if you're a politician in a position of power, all you got to do is say, don't worry. I'm going to do stuff. We're going to make sure it happens. We're going to do this. We're going to do. You're going to be inclined to believe them because the alternative is too horrible. But the reality is Joe Biden doesn't give a damn. The media doesn't give a damn. She got one interview. One interview, and then they're like, okay, well, moving on. There's a There could be a ghost flight of illegal aliens parachuting Red Dawn style all across the eastern seaboard. We've got to cover that. That's far more important. 
How will these people, how have these people been exploited? Oh my goodness. It's horrible. It's awful. It's terrible. It's torture. It's this, it's that. It's the other thing. It's like, it's none of those things. These people were flown on a pretty nice plane after having walked for two or 3,000 miles. You'd think a flight would be nice. They have volunteered to go to these places. They signed waivers stating as much. Now, if you're saying that they are just too damn stupid to be able to understand that they're going to an island or a beach resort or whatever, <laughs> well, then you're sort of undercutting the left-wing argument of these are the smartest, brightest, best, most wonderful people, and all they want to do is come here and work. Oh, my goodness. My God, they'd uh, they'd walk all over you to see the who, and they'd storm everything, everywhere, through Mexico to come here to get a job. Well, that can't be true, can it? So now we come to this uh, this sheriff down there, and somebody emailed me yesterday and said that Bexar is pronounced bear. It's like pronounced bear. I like Bexar better. It sounds like uh, sounds like the Kmart version of Pixar. But uh, I'll go with uh, the person who claims all you all with me. All you've got to do is just uh, demand you have knowledge and I'll believe you. Now, I, I, there's no reason. For, I don't know how to pronounce these things, but Bear County down there in Texas. This is the guy who elected Democrat sheriff named Javier Salazar, who had made a big splash opening an investigation into Ron DeSantis whether or not he'd committed any crimes. Well, shouldn't there, if you're going to launch a criminal investigation, shouldn't you, I don't know, have a sense of what crimes might have been committed so you know where you're looking? No, no, no. They just want to go. This is what, uh, this is what every Trump investigation has been. Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York, has ran on, I will go after Donald Trump. And you ask her, what for? She says, what? well, we'll figure that out when we're there. We're going to look at everything. And we're going to find out whether or not he broke the law. Now, I guarantee you that Letitia James couldn't stand up to that level of scrutiny. But who's going to investigate the attorney general of the state of New York? There's nobody. What, the, the national attorney general, Merrick Garland? Do you, think, do you think he's going to go after her? Hell no, he's not. They're on the same team. So all of these investigations have just been one big... Uh, fishing expedition and weirdly none of them have come up with anything all those hooks are barren all those worms have uh, gotten to retirement there's no worry about them worms well javier salazar is now giving ron DeSantis the donald trump treatment why because that's how they roll and he was on cnn and really this is what you uh, you get now what's hilarious is I still I stand by what I said yesterday that these governors, all these governors, all these Republican governors, need to do what these governors are doing and ship every every illegal alien they get to ship them to a blue state, ship them to California. Hey, California's lovely this time of year. Go to California. Go to Washington State. Go to Oregon. Go, 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 and send them out there. And then when all of these people go, oh, it's a crime! It's a crime! It's a crime! It's not a crime. But just for fun and just to freak him out, all these Republican governors should pardon all the other Republican governors. So, and, you know, the, the governor of Florida 
don't fly people from Florida, fly people from Texas. The governor of Texas, don't fly people from Texas, fly people from Arizona. Governor of Arizona, don't fly people from Arizona, fly people from, I don't know, wherever, wherever they are. Whatever Republican governor wants to get involved. And then that state's governor can pardon you. There's all oh, this human trafficking. Oh, dare they? They did. They tricked these people. Blah, blah, blah. It's horrible. Awful, 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 awful. Criminal investigation. Oh, wait, they've been pardoned. Damn it. Can't do anything. Can't do anything. And you can say this pardon is uh, is real, but it's just a joke because there's no crime committed. But let's just do it anyway to save these governors money. I would love that. Send these people into a frenzy. The media will side themselves. And sooner or later, if only by accident, they would have to cover the failure that is the Biden administration and Democrats in general and their policy along the southern border. Instead, you get uh, partisan hack sheriffs. The hell is a part? Who elects this guy? Javier Salazar getting what he wanted. He's getting the media attention he so craved and the reason he did what he did in the first place. By going on CNN, talking to Allison Camerata, and he goes off on what he believes should be done with the, well, right now, 2.2 million illegal aliens, not counting the million illegal aliens who got away and the God knows how many 20, 30 million illegal aliens who are already here, what he thinks should be done with them. And believe it or not, this lawman, this serious lawman who will not rest until he finds out if... Ron DeSantis can be charged with any kind of crime, says what we really should do is reward the laws, the laws. Not kidding. Oh, and by the way, give them now to Democrats, and it doesn't matter. Yes, his name is Javier Salazar, but Democrats are Democrats. Progressives are progressives. It doesn't matter their race, their ethnicity. It does not matter. Progressives are progressives first and anything else a distance second. They uh, they always ascribe illegal aliens, illegal aliens and Hispanics in general, even if they are Hispanic, to these jobs like, well, they could be busboys. They could be cooks. They could be taking care of people's children. They could be mowing lawns. Like, oh, really? Really? That's when you see, because when you talk about welfare reform, you say we need to reform welfare, and they say, "Oh, well, you're only uh, that's code as a dog whistle for black people." Like, no, it's not. There are more white people by far on welfare than there are anybody else. Oh, no, no, it's just secret code. Welfare queens. Oh, that's secret code for black women. No, it's not. You, if you hear it that way, the problem lies in your gray matter. It's probably not as gray as it should be. Not getting enough oxygen. But they always have these things. Oh, if you're talking about illegal aliens, you just say, uh, you know, we, we believe that these people want to come here to work and they could be gardeners and they could, really, they could be gardeners. So go and pick my fruit and mow my lawn. Stay away from my daughter. Don't you can, I'll make sure you can, I'll make sure you can never afford to live anywhere near this zip code. But yes, we welcome you. Don't make eye contact with me. To mow our lawn, you made eye contact with me. Get out. That's who these people are. So listen to Javier Salazar's solution for what to do with all these sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens. 
You know, I, we've we've I mean, I think at some point you're going to have to embrace the, the fact that this is happening to a certain extent. I would say, look, we've got people that want to work. They want to do an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, not for slave wages. Give them an honest day's pay. And you've got a shortage of workers. If you go to any restaurant in San Antonio, Texas right now, you're going to wait a long time to get your table, even though there's empty tables because there's not enough wait staff to wait on you. They're, you're going to wait a long time for your food because there's not enough people to, to cook it in the back. Half the cooks maybe aren't, aren't showing up to work or they've quit. Hire these folks, give them the opportunity to work legally, and then make sure that the, that the employers that are employing them are doing it the right way and paying them correctly. And then here's the catch. Tax them on it so that they're paying taxes on any income that they're making. They're not making any more than anybody else, but they're not making any less than anybody else either, and they're paying their fair share of taxes. I, I really think to a certain extent, now obviously I know we can't let anybody into the county, into the country. There's going to be people that are undesirables. They may have a terrorist background. They may have a criminal background. Keep those folks in their country of origin. But people that just want to do a hard day's work for a hard day's pay, bring them on in and let's, let's put them to work. Let's let them do something. Yeah, just bring them on in, man. Anybody wants to. Red Rover, Red Rover, send hell, everybody over. The problem is, you moron, as a law enforcement official, you should know this, but then you're elected, so you're really just a party apparatchik. Um, the country of origin, we have no idea that who these people are showing up at the southern border are who they say they are. There are piles of identification, of identification cards, photo IDs, on the Mexican side of the border, because as these illegal alien conga lines approach the southern border, they are told to get rid of them. Why? Because, well, if you have a criminal record back home, they'd be able to find that out. But you just make up a name and there's no way to verify a check or anything. And they'll just take your word for it because they're trying to process more people than they can possibly handle. So you get to come through. More people on the terrorist watch handed at the southern handed at the southern border this year than the last five years combined. I saw that stat last night on the news. That's huge. Now, how many people got away? And why are they doing? Why are they bothering coming to the southern border? Because that's where they stand the best chance. They just say, "Oh, my name is not my name is Tommy," and then they catch him with fingerprints or something if they happen to have them on record. But if they don't. You're in. If you are a murderer, you remember the, what was it? The, uh, I think it was called Lift, Boat Lift, out of Cuba back in the late 70s, early, it's basically the, the, the opening of uh, Scarface. Late 70s, early 80s. Cuba opened up their prisons and let people go to Florida. Let the criminal element go to Florida. Let's do it. Who's to say that these South American dictators aren't doing the same thing? It'd be smart if you had some idiotic country willing to take because of the southern border, because of the southern border, because of their inept, senile leadership. Hell, empty our prisons. Let's send them to Mexico. If Mexico had this policy, it'd say, well, this is great. This is great. Let's get rid of our, you know, the left is always saying, we've got far too many people in prison. They're in prison because they've committed crimes. But if you want to get them out, let's send them to Venezuela. A free trade agreement, huh? something like that. Ah, no, this is a lawman, alleged lawman saying we need them all to come here and, and wait tables and bus tables and cook and things like that. Wow, that's the American dream to walk 3,000 miles and be forced into a stereotype by the tolerant progressive left. Isn't that lovely? All right, I want to, because I just saw that my wife just actually tweeted this, and um, I've seen this. 
in so many races out there. Frankenstein up in uh, Pennsylvania, he doesn't want to debate Dr. Oz. He's kind of being forced to because he's not, he doesn't, he's not capable. He doesn't have the mental capacity to do the job. So that's painfully obvious. But if he can bluff his way through an hour debate, it'll serve him well. But other races out there in in Arizona, the Democrat is refusing to debate Carrie Lake down in, uh, you name it. The Democrats, where they think they have an advantage and they've helped, and the Democratic Party has been helping so-called MAGA Republicans. The MAGA Republicans are the biggest threat to the country ever, 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 ever. By the way, we're dropping millions of dollars to nominate them. Well, what if they win? Well, uh, then you've just, in your by your own rationale, you've just managed to elect or help elect people who are a threat to democracy. Of course, they're not, but these are leftists. They don't think that far ahead. They think that, like, well, Democrats thought that Donald Trump would be an easy beat in 2016, for example, because they can't fathom that people would look at Democrats like Hillary Clinton and go, Ugh, I just threw up in my mouth a little. They, they can't fathom that. So they, uh, and uh, there's a lot of people like that. So they're out there electing or nominating Republicans they think they can beat without any sense of reality that a lot of people look at Democrats and recoil in horror. But a part of this uh, getting these so-called MAGA Republicans to be nominated is the refusal to debate. Frankenstein didn't want to debate. If it didn't for, wasn't for his stroke, he wouldn't have debated. The Democrat won't debate Carrie Lake out in Arizona. You name the race. There are limited numbers of debates. It, now Raphael Warnock is becoming very interested in debates because he's down in the polls down there. But otherwise, he wouldn't have wanted to have anything to do with Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker is wildly popular. The University of Georgia is a, a legend, massive hero probably one of the top five running backs of all time in college football. And so you don't want to go against that, especially when you've got a whole bunch of shady things in your past about your character and your ex-wife is out there talking about how you are a great actor. You're not a good person. You're a great actor. And you're paying yourself a fortune from your church, still, seemingly illegally, uh, as a member of Congress, because why? Because, well, it sure as hell beats paying your own way, doesn't it? Who wants to pay their, what fun is paying your own bills? Hey, if you want to pay my bills, shoot me an email. I'm, I'm down with that. But uh, now we get word that this Democrat strategy, and I'm not sure who this appeals to, has come to Maryland. Fox 5 in Washington, D.C., Maryland's Democratic candidate for governor says he won't debate his Republican challenger Dan Cox next month on Fox 5. The news broke as Cox was in Montgomery, a Montgomery County courtroom trying to stop state officials from speeding up the counting of mail-in ballots. For weeks, Fox 5 has been waiting for Westmore's campaign to answer its invitation to debate Cox next month. Cox has accepted it, but an hour after missing a noon deadline, Moore's campaign finally responded, and the answer was nyet, comrade, nyet. In repeated requests for a response, the Moore campaign had said they did not want to engage in widespread debates with Cox because he did not want to give him a platform to air what they describe as extreme right-wing views. Isn't that lovely?
When Fox 5 asked Moore directly just two weeks ago about the debate, he responded differently because he's a fraud. Quote, I'm very excited about the opportunity to debate Dan Cox. What I know is I want to spend my time talking to voters, going to communities, and hearing about the issues that they care about. Hmm, isn't that lovely? The political strategy behind Westmore's decision not to debate Dan Cox on Fox 5 might be found in his soaring poll numbers. The new Goucher poll has him leading Cox by 22 points. Well, it also is an indication that you're a coward and a fraud and not at all interested in being challenged in any way, shape or form. See, even if you don't like Dan Cox and you think, oh, he's got such meany, weeny right wing views. If you're going to be governor or you think you're going to be governor of a state, you are supposed to be anyway the governor of every resident of that state. You don't get to pick and choose. Believe me, I wish I could pick and choose. I would love for you to be Maryland's Democrat governor, the governor of Democrats, and you leave the rest of us who are sane the hell alone. You can tax the living crap out of all the Democrats for all I care, for example. You can regulate them. You can shut down their schools. You can force them to quadruple mask as long as you leave the rest of us alone. But that's not how it works, Wes. I understand that you might not be familiar with this, what with trying to find new and creative ways to uh, find uh, parts of people's lives that are interesting and try to make them your own. But as governor, you have to do these sorts of things. You're supposed to do these sorts of things anyway. And if you're out there and you're a fence-sitting Democrat or a moderate who is not particularly a big fan of Dan Cox, but you thought, well, I'll just go with Wes Moore. He seems like this is what you're getting. You imagine four years of a governor where you're not going to be able to question him in any way, shape, or form, where anybody who disagrees with him is simply, rather than having their concerns addressed by the governor and say, look, I hear you, but here's why you're wrong. That's what a, that's what a smart person would do. That's what a confident leader who's confident in their ideas would do. You go, you know what? I disagree with you, and here's why. And here's why I think it's going to be X, Y, or Z. An insecure person goes, well, you're just an extremist. I don't want to talk to you. Why? Because you can't defend what you're pushing. You're a mile wide and an inch deep. You bring nothing to the table. Now, I really have a question out there for our Weeble Governor Morn there, Governor uh, Hogan. Is this what you wanted? Is this what you thought? Is this the democracy? You know, so Dan Cox, he's a threat to democracy because he's too close to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. Well, refusing to debate him? Is that what you see? Is that what you view as your legacy, Governor Hogan? You just, you're going to come down on the side of, and believe me, if you're not on the side of Dan Cox, you're on the side of Wes Moore. If you don't speak out against this, you're on the side of Wes Moore. Silence equals violence. Silence equals acquiescence. If you, uh, is this what you think is, is good for the state of Maryland? Is this what you want? What do you think of the few things that you bothered to spend any political capital on, Larry? How many of them do you think will survive under a I don't even want to talk to those people regime following you with the Democrats controlling the state legislature as they do? How many of them? Your existence will be wiped clean off the map 
Larry. Now, if you're content to do that, uh, then fine. I'm just not sure what the basis of your run for president in 2024 would be. Is Elect me, I can get things done for a little while. I won't fight for them. I won't do too much. And when I leave, you can... uh, you can have me. You can you can wipe me out of existence. Is that your legacy, Larry? Maybe it is. That and probably a couple of blue ribbons in a pie-eating contest. I want to turn our attention now to our uh, idiot president and our idiot uh, spokesman. Look, it's, no, I'm sorry. She's historically an idiot. There. there we go. She's a wildly historic bad press secretary. By far, you know, well, she's the first this and she's one of these and this and she's awful. She's awful. Just leave that. But hey, uh, you should go. You got a you got something wrong with your brain or something wrong health wise, whatever. You should go see my doctor. Oh, is he is any good at this? He's historic. Yeah, but it, you know, is he treated a lot of people with this disease successfully? Well, you know, he's, he's the first one like him to do this. And uh, there you go. That's a, well. Yeah, but does he does he work? Now he worked on my uh, my buddy Earl, and you know he was super historic then. He's still historic now. Yeah. It, your, didn't your friend Earl die? Yeah, but uh, you know what? He died in a historic way, so that's okay. Nobody nobody would hire anybody based on this, except for Democrats. Only Democrat would go. You don't have any qualities to do the job. You're not. You suck at it, actually. But. <clears throat> Nobody with your hairstyle or attitude or general uh, location of birth has ever done this job before. And uh, you're also the first one that we know of with your sexual orientation. So uh, you congratulations, you got the job. Okay, I'm not going to choose a contractor based off of that. I'm not going to choose a physician based off of that. I'd never choose a politician. But I'd never choose anything based off of that. Never. But Democrats, that's where they live. That's their wheelhouse. So we've got a couple of clips here from or featuring Karine Jean-Pierre. We'll start off with her. She was on MSNBC. She was, MSNBC is not not having a good time. Rachel Maddow used to uh, used to do well in the ratings. The, she was always challenged. She was usually top three in the ratings. Even when she wasn't doing the show all that often, people would tune in to see, is Rachel on tonight or is it a guest host? And they'd stick around, even if it was a guest host, by and large. Now that they've replaced her four days a week with Alex Wagner, it's I think it's called like Alex Wagner Tonight, a wildly original name. Tucker should sue. But uh, they replaced it with a show called, I think it's Alex Wagner Tonight. Their ratings have fallen by like 40%. 40%. And now they get over a million viewers still, so it's nothing to sniff at. It's better than CNN. But a massive drop like that lets you know that it is... For the people who sit there and go, Donald Trump is a cult of personality. It's all just a cult. It's a cult of person. When Rachel Maddow isn't in, almost half the audience goes, we're not interested. Dear leader is not here today. I'm like, okay, tell me more about how this is a cult. Tell me more about cults, you weirdos. So um, she was on 
with Alex Wagner last night, talking about the uh, sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens being flown to Martha's Vineyard or being bused to Washington, D.C., or being sent to New York. Being sent, keep in mind, one place, one thing all of these destinations have in common is they are liberal strongholds. Not just liberal strongholds like suddenly Democrats started getting 80% of the vote. These are generational liberal strongholds. And KJP says that shipping people there to where they agree to go, where they want to go, is putting lives at risk. You're sitting there going, what? Remember, she's, she's historic. She's not bright. Has the president reached out to any of these governors? So here's the thing, and I was asked this question earlier today. I don't know why we would reach out mm-hmm. to a governor or governors who are clearly playing a political game. Right. It is something that they're doing not to find a solution, but to literally literally put people's lives at risk. (laughs) Hey, uh, you got these governors here doing these things that you say are just terrible. Maybe the president should call them and say, what you doing, dude? What you talking about, Willis? And instead, why would we talk to them? Why would we bother calling them? Well, I don't know. uh, Because you claim to care because you claim i think you because you claim to care is a pretty good answer of why you would consider doing this but you don't care you just claim to care that's so much of what democrats do and have to do honestly it's just virtue signaling i care very deeply about this i will do exactly zero but i care very very deeply but i hear your concerns and i share them And as the only person in the country who could do anything about them, I can tell you right now I'm not going to. But still, I share them. Take comfort in the fact that we share them. Well, you know, concerns are not a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We just share it. We sit around and gossip like a couple of schoolgirls. No, you're the one whose job it is, is to act. Now, if you truly believe that this is a horrible, horrible affront, then you should at least call these people and go, all right, what what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And then you can go out and go, I can't believe these people are doing this. I talked to them. I tried to get them to see reason and they refused. But they don't. They know exactly why these governors are doing this. They're doing this because of Joe Biden's horrible open border policy that is overwhelming these border towns, that is overwhelming state welfare programs, that is overwhelming state resources. That is actually harming Americans because there are finite resources to go around, right? There is. You you got, uh, using round numbers, you got $100 million to feed the poor and homeless in your state. You go, okay, well, we we budgeted for it. We've got X number of homeless and uh, poor. We will budget $100 million. That should cover us. It'll give us a $5 million. We should be fine. There's a nice cushion built in there just in case. Great, we're ready to go. And then suddenly uh, a million new people show up. And you go, we don't have the resources for that. Because states aren't sitting on, states don't have printing presses. States can't just start borrowing money and go and, and work off deficits. They have to balance their budgets. Federal government can do whatever the hell they want. So instead of allowing their budgets to be overwhelmed or while their budgets are being overwhelmed to draw attention to it since nobody in the media gives a damn these are red states who cares screw them stupid republicans 
if if Greg Abbott gets uppity, you can say, well, look at him. He's budget deficit, and he's had all sorts of problems, and he had to make cuts to programs that people care about without ever giving the nuanced answer of, yeah, Democrats allowed and mandated that the social services become overwhelmed and cause the state to really be screwed. They can't, they won't do that. They don't acknowledge that. They just report the end result of, look, his budget's a mess. Not that it's Joe Biden's fault. So they said, let's spread this around. There are people within this country, there are political leaders, there are political jurisdictions that say, come one, come all, uh, immigration makes us better and stronger. Well, it's really, really all well and good. You could be the biggest advocate for low-income housing, for public housing that you possibly could be. Martha's Vineyard, I guarantee you the people on Martha's Vineyard think there should be a lot of public housing. And I promise you, if you propose the idea of using eminent domain to annex a few acres from some of these massive estates on these islands to build public housing throughout the island, you would be met with screeches and squeals. It would be absolute outrage. Remember, these are people who only hugged these illegal aliens as they were leaving who can't name any of them. They won't name any. I don't know, yeah. Oh, my life is forever changed by having met them. Name one. I don't want to betray their confidence. Their first name is betraying their confidence. Even in the damn lawsuit. I don't think the lawyers bothered to figure out who these people were. The lawsuit is uh, Pablo Doe, Javier Doe, and Jose Doe. Like, oh, okay. That's it. The Doe family just emigrated up from Venezuela? Or uh, do these people actually exist? Or will you you browbeat some of them into suing later and you just want to get the lawsuit filed now? Or are you counting on it being thrown out? Whatever it is, this is how these people work. So there's the spokesmodel for the president of the United States saying shipping people, sending people to Washington, D.C. puts their lives at risk. But what about the Americans who live in Washington, D.C.? Shipping people to New York City puts their lives at risk. What about the people who live in New York City? Shipping people who to Martha's Vineyard puts their lives at risk. Well, why? Because the rich white liberals over there have armed security around them, and if these people who you know wander accidentally onto somebody's property, they could get shot? In that sense, I could see it. In that sense, I could see if you accidentally wandered on the Obama's property... The Secret Service could take you down. But you got to love that. Oh, no, no, you can't. Do, don't send these people to these horrible places where liberals control everything. My God, what an awful situation. You wouldn't want to send people there. Keep them in tent cities, in uh, fenced-in areas, at places where it's 100 degrees and there's no air conditioning. Keep them there. Don't send them to where they want to go or near where they want to go or where they're willing to go or anything like that. Keep them in those red states. They can keep feeding them. They can keep doing it. Now, on the uh, immigration issue earlier in the day, Karine Jean-Pierre tossed one of the all-time word salads. This is a long clip. I left it long. I could have cut it up into like five clips. It's like two minutes long. But I wanted to uh, leave it as is, the same way you wouldn't take a, a Picasso or a Dali or a Rembrandt or a Van Gogh and cut it up into little pieces. You don't want it. This is a masterwork in uh, bovine excrement. 
she's asked a basic question. You'll hear it at the beginning. And she doesn't come anywhere close to touching it. She doesn't come anywhere close to addressing the issue at hand. But she talks for two minutes. And she throws buzzword after buzzword after buzzword out there. And by the end of it, you're confused. Your eyes may cross as you hear this answer. She has no clue nor concern about the question. She knows she doesn't have the answer in her little book. And so she just reads every little buzzword, every little focus group buzzword off of the thing in the hopes of confusing everybody. And by the end of it, you will likely forget what the question is. So it's mission accomplished by the historic Karine Jean-Pierre. Uh, staying on the border and the record number of arrests that we are seeing, uh, the president campaigned on addressing the root causes of migration. He's been in office now for almost two years. We are seeing these apprehensions re reach record levels. What exactly went wrong here? So let me just give you, just to put it into context and talk a little bit about the facts of what uh, of what you just mentioned, uh, the numbers that we have seen uh, that was announced by DHS uh, yesterday. So first, these people are, are fleeing uh, communism, as we have said, uh, as you heard DHS say as well. F falling authoritarian regimes in Venezuela, Nicaragua, and Cuba are causing a new migration uh, challenge across the Western Hemisphere. So what we're seeing is a new, uh, definitely a new pattern. So not just our, our southern border as well, but our western clearly hemisphere. Uh, but meanwhile, migration from Mexico and northern uh, Central America has come down for three consecutive months and is down by, by nearly half. And what we saw the increase with uh, uh, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Cuba is up by 121%. So there is a change in the pattern uh, that we have seen most recently. But what we are doing, what we can to work with our regional partners uh, to address this new challenge and process individuals as safely, orderly, and humane way, that is a, a, a campaign commitment that the president has made and continues uh, to move forward with. But you have to remember that not everyone who arrives at the border gets to stay. There is a process uh, in place that we have been moving forward with. You heard us uh, talk about the individual encounters at the border has increased uh, in this year uh, in historically than any other year. DHS continues to expel migrants as required by court order under CDC's Title 42. Uh, and so, and those who cannot be uh, expelled under Title 42 are screened and processed to have their claims for relief heard by an immigration judge in, in removal proceedings. So again, there's a process that we have been moving forward with more individuals are encountered at the border and moved through and without a legal basis. Those without a legal basis to remain will be removed or expelled. What did she say? What was the question? What the hell are they talking about? By the end of that, you're just sitting there going, I, um, did, did you answer my question? What was my question? Where are we? What, what, what day is it? What's going on here? You have no freaking idea what's happening. That's that's your White House. That is the communications person. for That is the, the, the face of this administration. That is the mouthpiece of this administration. Oh, no, we, uh, we don't know. Don't question things. We, we can't be sure. Uh, but I can tell you right now there's a, uh, there's a Sears that is uh, selling boots, and boots are good. You need boots to protect your feet because if you're protecting your feet when you're walking and, and blah, 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 and we're going to get down there in uh, South America, and it's not the Central America that's the problem. It's South America. Nicaragua's in Central America. Wait, what's going on? What are you talking about? I'm lost. I'm confused. 
Make it stop. That's how this White House operates. They just overwhelm you with stupid. You just sit there and go, God, stop it. All right, all right, all right, all right. I quit. I quit. I forget it, forget it, forget it. I quit. That's this administration. You're just sitting there going, my God, are you kidding me? This is their mouthpiece. This is the person who's supposed to explain what's going on in this administration to the American public. How many members of the American public do you think have a damn clue what just came out of her pie hole? Two? One's Joe, because that's how his brain works. He's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. And then he, you know, poops his pants and forgets where he was. Somebody has to come in and remind him that he's president of the United States as they give him a new nappy. Look right there on the back. It has the seal of the president of the United States, Mr. President. You're so smart. And the other is... I assume Corinne Jean, I have to assume Corinne Jean-Pierre understands what she's saying. I have to assume. But she reminds me of the girl who, uh, I was that guy sometimes too, during the essay test where you just go, I don't have any idea. I didn't study. I don't know. I am going to write everything I can possibly remember that is tangentially related or can be considered tangentially related to the topic in this question and hope I get at least partial credit, and hope I do. And sometimes you did, a lot of times you did. But uh, you're not the White House spokesmodel. That's the historic Karine Jean-Pierre. She gets a lot of roughage in her diet because she sure tosses a lot of word salads. Okay, I got one more clip. Well, I got a couple more clips of Karine Jean-Pierre, but this one's fresh off the presses. It is amazing. She appeared on Morning Joe this morning. Um, Why? Because why not? She goes to preach to the choir. If you notice one thing about this administration is they just preach to the choir. They're only interested in preaching to the choir. You've got, you've got the MSNBC crowd. You've got the Morning Joe crew. You've got them all. They're all on board. There's not even a single regular on the Morning Joe set where they're like, you know what? I'm a little skeptical of what the president said. That doesn't, that doesn't happen. And oh, by the way, Joe has, Mika reported this morning that Joe has COVID. Morning Joe himself has COVID. Now he is, of course, like octuple vaxxed and, and wears a mask. He was just uh, last week or the week before playing audio of him whining about how put on the damn mask, just put on a mask on a plane. I don't like it either, but I do it because Mika gives me dirty looks. Well, maybe uh, maybe Joe's been hanging around somebody who doesn't give him dirty looks and give him a hard time about wearing a mask. I'm not accusing the guy of anything. I'm just saying that the guy has a history of maybe, uh, quote unquote, not wearing masks. Just saying. But he's out with COVID. Mika doesn't have COVID, which is weird. I don't understand how Somebody who's married can get, I mean, I guess I know some people who do it. The second they start feeling sick, they isolate or whatever. But I don't know if your whole public image is that of Mika and Joe, like we're, we're connected at the hip. Boy, we're just uh, two peas in a pod. And one gets COVID, the other one should get COVID, shouldn't they? Or shouldn't the other one be isolating? I guess Mika always does it from a remote location anyway, since they pretend to be in Washington or pretend to be in New York, but they're really down in Florida to avoid taxes. Anyway, in uh, this clip, noted. it's amazing to me how many people can be noted plagiarists 
and have it just glossed over. Mike Barnacle, noted plagiarist. Sanjay Gupta, noted plagiarist. Well, Ben Domich, noted plagiarist. And they all just kind of go, oh, well, whatever. Moving on. It doesn't even matter anymore. I don't know. I take pretty good care to make sure that I cite people when I'm writing, that I cite them accurately. When I'm quoting somebody here on the show, I make a point of pointing out this is this is somebody else's words, not my own, just so you know, because it's a sign of respect and decency and good character. And uh, there are other people out there who can lift things from people and uh, face really no consequences whatsoever. Mike Barnacle didn't face any real consequences for his plagiarism. He's talking to Karine Jean-Pierre. They're sending her around because they can't send the president of the United States around to make these various media appearances. Plus, they're still on their Walk Back America tour. <laughs> Walk Back America tour. Every time Joe Biden does do an interview, they launch the Walk Back America tour where they dispatch everybody in the administration to go, yeah, I know what he said, but that's not really what he said, said. It's not what he meant to say. That kind of crap. But in the Walk Back America tour, Mike Barnacle asks about what has the COVID-infected Morning Joe crew upset as uh, he, he declared the pandemic over. But we still need to use that to try and scare the hell out of people for the election purposes and to pass a whole bunch more spending. Listen to what Corinne, how Corinne Jean-Pierre walks this back. She's essentially saying, look, Joe Biden is easily distracted by shiny objects and new cars and it wasn't like the Detroit Auto Show was crowded. It wasn't open to the public. The president goes through there. They're going through there before hours, and they're keeping the public not only at bay, they're keeping them out of the building. And somehow this was just so distracting for Joe that that's why he said that uh, the pandemic is over. Also in the 60 Minutes interview said that the pandemic is over. There's been quite a bit of pushback to that uh, statement by the president. Where is he today on that? So just to step back for a second, what we saw during that interview, uh, 60 minute interview, when he made those comments, he was walking through uh, the, the Detroit uh, car show, the halls of the Detroit car show, and he was looking around. We have to get distracted. Look, there's a shiny car over there. And they polish those things with diapers, you know, and the turtle wax is freshly applied. I don't know how any man approaching 80 could be expected to not completely make a, an ass out of themselves and make a declaration that is wildly untrue and has to be walked back by everybody. No, it's true. It's over. No, no, no. We, we, okay, it's wildly destructive. I do love Barnacle's question about that because he said there's getting a lot of blowback from people about what the president said. Well, he, he is the president. Last time I checked, as, as dumb as he is, as senile as he is, as awful as he is, he's still the president of the United States. This blowback isn't necessarily right, right? Like maybe, maybe, just maybe you'd think if you support a president, you would believe that the president is right or capable of being right. But Barnacle's question isn't, are these people wrong? Or what is your response to these people who are giving blowback to the president? Instead, his question is, where is he today on that? <laughs> like, you've had uh, almost a full, you had five days 
to uh, talk to him and work him over and polish this thing and try and come up with some kind of excuse. Now that you've had the time to really massage that message, um, where is he today on this? Has he come around yet, or is he still out there in left field and will have to just pretend that he's not in charge for a while? I just love that. Where is he today on this? Where, where are the other people? Where's the proof that the pandemic is still ongoing? Why, why wouldn't that be the, a good spokesman or spokeswoman or spokesperson or whatever would push back against that because the, the in the question is inherent. is like, well, the president obviously needs to be steered away from what he said. So have you successfully steered the president away from what he said? Good pushback would be, hey, you know, uh, cases are way down. Last year at this time, the seven-day rolling average of cases was 137,000. Right now, it's only 57,000. We have a much more contagious variant out there. So that's good. Though you can even lie and say the vaccines are working, blah, blah, blah. And last year at this time, the seven-day rolling average of deaths was 2,087, whereas currently it is 491. Certainly not good, but you're looking at one quarter the number of deaths compared to a year ago. That's a definite step in the right direction. At some point, we do have to get back to our lives. That's what the president was saying, is that the pandemic is not, the virus isn't over, but the pandemic aspect is over. And you can just look at the the numbers and draw that conclusion. Instead, we got to remember, he's kind of dumb. He's definitely senile. And he likes cars. He, if if uh, he had a choice between pushing a low-level staffer up against the wall and physically sexually assaulting them and pushing a brand-new Corvette against the wall and sexually assaulting it, he would sexually assault the Corvette. First, I mean, he would get around to the staffer, but first he would go after the Corvette. So you've got to understand that it's not just a shiny object, it's a shiny object that he really, really likes. Like, that's your answer, dude? That, that's the answer? The question, though, kills me. Where is he today on that? Oh, the president has evolved on his thinking. After being browbeaten by you guys in the media and those of us in the inner circle, we've made sure that he does no longer need to be re-educated. We have re-educated the president of the United States, and he understands that we are dealing with a pandemic that is forever ongoing. (laughs) I've never heard anybody, any other president, talked about this way need to be talked about this way and questioned about this way by fans by people who would do anything for the agenda make no mistake mike barnacle is on the team he's an msnbc employee he was one of the co-hosts of morning joe of course he's on the team you look at that now for all the talk and if you remember of course they said donald trump is an idiot donald trump is an idiot donald trump is dumb you, you remember that because it wasn't that long ago. But if you look back at the George W. Bush administration, what were they saying about him? He's an idiot. He's dumb. He's stupid. Well, how many times did his administration have to walk back what he'd said? How many times? I can't, I can't remember anything off the top of my head. I'm sure there were some. He was president for eight years. There had to have been some, a couple. But with Joe Biden, they are uh, epic. They're big. They're what matters. It's 
uh, will definitely go to war with China if they invade Taiwan. That's not a little screw-up. With, uh, they did the same thing, but they didn't call George H.W. Bush dumb. They couldn't call George H.W. Bush dumb. He was, there was too much evidence to the contrary. He'd been in public life for too long. He'd been the head of the CIA. He had been entrusted in position. He, he was part of the establishment and he's a smart man. He's a smart man, but his kid is stupid. And then they went back, they, uh, they were in the old playbook with Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was just dumb, just dumb. What did they have to walk back? How many misstatements did they have to walk back with Ronald Reagan? Any? I'm sure, again, a president for eight years. There were some. The only thing that comes to mind with Ronald Reagan was when he was recording his weekly radio address, which I don't even know. Does the president still do a weekly radio address? I have no idea. But when they were recording his weekly radio address, he was testing the microphones and he said, well, we've declared the Soviet Union to be illegal. Bombing commences in five minutes. They were testing the microphones and he made a joke and somebody got a hold of that. Now, the only way somebody could have gotten a hold of that is if there was an entrenched deep state type liberal there who heard it and said, Dan Rather would kill for this or Walter Cronkite probably at the time. And so it was leaked out there. I don't think it was broadcast because the president recorded his weekly broadcast. Uh, Presidents, when they did them, they were recorded. So it wasn't like the mic was live, Mr. President. You just sent that out across the nation. Somebody leaked it. They walked that back in that they said he was joking and get over yourselves. And clearly he was joking and get over yourselves. That's what they that was the walk back under Reagan. But the narrative of the left was he's just a senile old man. Actually, the narrative of the left about Ronald Reagan was exactly what Joe Biden is. You'd think they'd have these muscles ready to go, having declared somebody who was fit and good in the job to be unfit and horrible at the job. And then you've got somebody who is clearly unfit and horrible at the job, and they spend all of their time declaring him to be some sort of super genius. And when he screws up, which seems to be weekly, anytime he's near a a camera with a microphone, you get a question, have you re-educated him on this issue? Where is he today on this issue, Karen? Have you uh, had to break out the bamboo shoots to shove them under his fingernails? Or, uh, you know, sit there, there are four lights. Did you, have you, what did you have to do? It's a, a scary proposition, but it's, it's true. It's really true. But I, that, that, that question is one of the all-time great questions. Where is he today on that? And her answer is, well, he was walking through an empty hall with shiny cars in it. You can't expect anybody, anybody to be able to focus for 45 unbroken seconds in that environment. And so, yeah, normal people, when distracted, kind of stop talking for a second. They don't just immediately have a gene that says, oh, shiny object, let me uh, ramble on and say something that is not true. Let me just make stuff up. Actually, with Joe, we might just make stuff up. They can't explain why he said it, so they're making him out to be a moron. <laughs> Look, oh, a piece of candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. 
Yeah, let's hope that nobody lays out some Skittles all the way to the uh, nuclear code button, huh? Let's hope that one doesn't happen. All right, so we've got uh, one more clip from our vaunted legendary, at this time she's got to be legendary, spokesmodel for the President of the United States, Karine Jean-Pierre. This is, of course, what it's all about for Democrats. It doesn't matter how much people are suffering. It doesn't matter how much people are paying, how much money this is costing, the damage it's doing to whatever. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters except for the liberal agenda. They are ready to let people suffer and languish in camps down at the southern border or the people that they prefer. They'll ship off themselves. Nobody gets outraged when the Biden administration flies people to New York but if they fly people to New York City or bus people to New York City uh, that they don't want there, then suddenly it's a problem and a threat to human rights. They'll fly them to Washington State themselves, but if you do it, oh my goodness, it's horrible, terrible. But it's all about comprehensive immigration reform, which is code for amnesty. It's code for amnesty. They want these people on a pathway to citizenship. Now, how can I say that? Democrats have had many, many times where they could have passed comprehensive immigration reform. They could have passed immigration reform. They could have done a whole bunch of things. But the sticking point was the pathway to citizenship. It's not just Democrats. There are some squishy Republicans who want to do that, too. And Graham among them. But the rest of the stuff, they absolutely, positively could come to an agreement on. Now, if you're an adult human being and you are really, really interested in solving the immigration problem and you say, well, we got 98 percent of the problem solved. The only thing we don't agree on, the only thing we can't, the only part of this legislation we can't get past, say you got border security, you got speeding up of legal immigration, you've got deportation of criminal aliens, you've got all this stuff. But the only thing we can't do it can't come to an agreement on and get enough votes for it. and what sinks the whole damn thing is that you got a pathway to citizenship for people who are here illegally why don't a normal person would go well why don't we just take that part out why don't we remove that part and pass the 98 percent that we all agree on and it's democrats who go hell no absolutely not hell no you go, why, why the hell not? Why would you not? What's, what do you mean? No. What, why don't we pass what we agree on? Well, because what they really want is that 2%. Everything else is the catnip. Everything else is the sauce. Everything, think of it as uh, they view the American people as dogs. And we need to take our medicine. And that 98% is the peanut butter. They're slathering the peanut butter all over the pill and they give us the peanut butter and we eat the pill. That's what they want. That's why they will not ever go, okay, well, we all agree that the border needs to be secure, so let's secure the border. They won't do that. We all agree that we can't have criminal illegal aliens in this country. We need to deport them. Nope. There was no provision in Joe Biden's amnesty from deportation to account for people who were in prison for violent crimes and then being released 
from prison for their violent crimes because they served their time. There's no no provision that says these these state penitentiaries must absolutely communicate with ICE so that we can deport these people. There's none of that. They don't care. They don't care. You mentioned Kate Steinle to a Democrat, even somebody like Nancy Pelosi, who's out there in San Francisco, and they'll go, uh, Kate Steinle. Name sounds vaguely familiar. Who is that? Huh. What are you going to do? It's ridiculous. So this is their goal. Everything else is secondary. And if they don't get what they want, nobody gets anything, no matter how much they all profess to think it's a good idea. No matter how much they all profess that it is important and necessary to protect the United States of America and the American citizens. They simply don't give a damn. With that in mind, here is Karine Jean-Pierre, historic as she is, at the White House podium yesterday, making that case. Not as directly as I did, because Democrats have to lie and obfuscate. But she's making that case, that it doesn't matter. If there ain't citizenship, if we can't register these people to vote, then we are not for anything. So the way that we see it is alerting Fox News uh, and not city or state officials about a plan to abandon children fleeing communism on the side of the street is not burden sharing. That is not the definition that we see of burden sharing. It is a cruel, premeditated political stunt. That is not what they're, that is what they are doing. Uh, And so we're always we're always happy to have conversations about ways to further improve border processing and we could be doing more if again if republicans in congress would stop blocking our efforts to pass comprehensive uh, immigration reform and also funding uh, historical funding for dhs so again this is not what border sharing looks like uh, they have used they have used the lives of people who are fleeing persecution from communist countries, using them as a political stunt. <laughs> Look, we, if we just get comprehensive immigration reform, if we give all of these people coming in illegally citizenship, well, then they'll stop coming in illegally. Well, why the hell would they? Why would they? Well, uh, I can't explain why, but I promise you that if we give the ones who are here citizenship, we will uh, secure the border. Really? That sounds a lot like the immigration deal back in 1986 when Democrats in Congress promised to secure the border in exchange for amnesty for the three million illegal aliens. And uh, they got it and they never secured the border. How many times have we seen legislation and politicians promising we're going to secure the border? We'll do it. We'll do it. I promise. I promise. I promise. And then they don't. Why? Because if you give them what they want. Okay, here's the idea. Secure the border for 20 years. And then the uh, illegal aliens who are in this country and who come forward, come forward to say they're in this country and can prove that they've been in this country for 10 years at this point. At that point, in 20 years in the future, meaning 30 years living here, without a single criminal violation, not civil, people can get speeding tickets, but without a criminal violation, then we can talk about citizenship for you. Okay, how about that? No, Democrats don't want that. How about we can talk about citizenship, but not really citizenship, legal status. Pull them out of the shadows, as they say. 
but they can never actually achieve citizenship. Therefore, they can never vote, nor can their children. We end birthright citizenship. Democrats don't want that either. Democrats want the votes, period, end of story. There is a bit of news today. The the, uh, left has been waiting for this thing all day. Letitia James. This is, I'll tell you how pathetic the left is and that Letitia James, the, this is just a quick version of it. We'll get more into it tomorrow. Politico. New York Attorney General uh, Tish James. It's Letitia James. Call her by her full name. Show some damn respect. Tish James has filed a wide-ranging civil lawsuit against former President Donald Trump, the Trump Organization, and three of his adult children for fraud and misrepresentation. James's suit relies on a special statute for repeat instances of alleged violations of the law stemming from real estate transactions. She is also filing a criminal referral to federal prosecutors for the Southern District of New York and a separate tax fraud referral to the IRS for the same underlying allegations. She's bringing nothing to the table. She wants other people, deeper pockets, wider ranging scope, to pursue criminal cases. Now, I was under—I was led to understand that Donald Trump was a criminal mastermind and a monster, perhaps history's greatest. And the best you can come up with after a multiple-year investigation is a civil suit. A civil suit and criminal referrals. Well, I could make a criminal referral. Anybody can make a criminal referral. Go file a complaint. If she had a case, she would have gone after him. But she doesn't. So you go on civil case. Now, why would you go on civil? Well, because civil can drag out for a very, very long time. Civil cases are very, very expensive. If you're the attorney general of the state of New York, a civil case, a long, drawn-out civil case, with or without merit, will cost you zero dollars. It'll cost you nothing. But it'll cost the people you're going after a ton of money. And if eventually, as a lot of these often are, most of them actually the case is found to be without merit, it will be tossed. At which point, the target of your venom will have spent a ton of money in their own defense. And their recourse would be to maybe sue you, which is another long case. Maybe the court in dismissing will order If it's particularly frivolous, I don't know the details of this. Nobody knows the details of this, but it sounds like BS to me. Going after his kids. Oh, fraud and misrepresentation. Fraud is a crime. If you committed fraud, uh, why wouldn't you charge them? Well, because it's more of a federal... No, you just... You don't... You want the headline of saying, oh, we've made a criminal referral. It's a kicking of the can. It's a kicking of the can. We're going to maybe consider the Justice Department can look into whether or not this is a crime. We're going after the civil thing. Well, if you've determined that it's a crime, why wouldn't you charge it for a crime? Fraud committed completely within the confines of New York State would be the purview of the Attorney General of New York State, right? And since you only have jurisdiction over New York State, That means that you believe that there is reason to believe that the president of the United States and his family committed crimes within New York State. Why wouldn't you charge him? Well, because this isn't about that. This has never been about that. We'll know more about this tomorrow, and I'll go into it tomorrow. But I'd love to see this. I'd love to see this. 
pursue it. Prove something. Prove something. But this is more just allegations. More just allegations. Why? Because that's what these people do. This is who these people are. They want the allegation. They didn't prove it. They didn't prove it later. Proof is for suckers anyway. <laughs> All righty. I want to play you this clip of uh, The View. The View is completely and totally racist. They are. They're dumb. They're leftists. But every once in a while, I guess, apparently, they uh, it's even just so damn stupid that one of the others have to step in and chime in. Now, apropos of nothing or the illegal immigrant debate, the left is going crazy and they're going after anybody they can. They're going after anybody they view as a threat, as a potential 2024 candidate. They're going after Nikki Haley is one of those people. And so you end up in a situation where one of those people has to be destroyed, right? It has to be, you have to take swipes at them every time you possibly can. So Sonny Houston is doing so. You're going to hear Alyssa Farah, who's the so-called conservative, try to defend. She, I think it's kind of funny watching Alyssa go. She sold out. She was communications director in the White House for Trump, and now she hates Trump, and she's sold out to get this deal and to get her CNN gig. And she's discovering that uh, while they might have been nice to her while she was an occasional guest host trying out, they had no use for her uh, now. And so they're just being mean to her. But then one of the other ladies chimes in and points out that, Sonny, that's not your real name. And Sonny's response is that's because Americans are too stupid to be able to pronounce her real name. Typical leftist. Yeah. But so it's fake. Just real quick, because the Nikki Haley conversation came yeah. up. So Nikki Haley's gone by Nikki since she was a child. It's mm-hmm. documented in high school. I wouldn't be shocked that as somebody, an Indian woman growing up in South Carolina at that time, she actually did to avoid prejudice. So I just want to be careful about critiquing yeah, her there, for going by the name some, she's There are some of by. us that can be chameleons and decide not to embrace our ethnicity so that we can pass. Sonny, so I don't that think that's don't fair. You go by a different name. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to say because it. But. Most Americans can't pronounce Asuncion because of the most Americans can't pronounce it as Asuncion or whatever the hell her name is. Asuncion. I think I just go with the first syllable there because they're just so undereducated. Now, we can learn how to pronounce it. All we have to do is have respect for you, which we don't. Or, you know, you just say it a few times and then we'll get it. But no, you're just you want to go by Sunny. Why? Who knows? Because you want to be a comedian because this country's so racist that they pay you millions of dollars to put you on a vapid TV show. By the way, the name on Nikki Haley's birth certificate is Nimrata Nikki Randawa. Now her last name is Haley, but she didn't change her name. Nikki's always been her name. Sonny Houston, Assassin, is an idiot, not surprisingly. We're out of time for today. Thank you guys for listening. Have a wonderful one. We'll be back to do it again tomorrow. 